You're listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast, the podcast about where we are and where we're going in amateur radio. I'm Dan, KB6NU. Tom, KB5RF, my co-host, is taking the day off. My guest today is Jordan, KN4CRD, the developer behind the digital modes JS8 call. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Happy to chat about JS8. Good. Well, let's jump right into it. Uh, I don't call it the No Nonsense Podcast for nothing. Maybe tell us a little bit about JS8 Call. Uh, yeah, well, to kick it off, um, uh, as, uh, as a new uh, uh, amateur radio operator, I started back in like 2017. Um, it was really uh, uh, kind of a, a, a passion of mine to kind of jump into radio. Um, and uh, I started with uh, some uh, JT65 work, some digital mode stuff, because I had poor antenna system. I wasn't getting any SSB contacts. Um, so JT65 was where it was at. And uh, it, uh, it was right before WSJTX uh, and K1JT uh, released FTA. Yeah. Um, and shortly after that, uh, uh, after I'd started, uh, they released FTA and put out this call like, hey, we've got some extra bits. Uh, we have uh, uh, this great uh, weak signal digital mode that operates four times as fast, but you can still you know, get it down into the noise. And uh, I, was, I was intrigued. I jumped on right, right away. Um, but the thing that I missed is I was playing with PSK and Olivia at the time. And I missed like actually having communication, having contacts. Um, and so I started this passion project, Jesse Cole, uh, to kind of make that a reality on the FTA protocol. Um, so JSA call is a software um, built on the code that WSJTX is built on. Um, and the implements a new mode called JSA, uh, which is built on the FTA protocol and the FTA modulation. Um, so it's a weak signal mode. It's got uh, the, a 15 second transmit cycle uh, for frames and it can decode down to like negative 24 dB into the noise. Uh, based on a 2,500 hertz uh, spectrum. Um, so it, uh, the thing that's nice about it, though, is that it lets you communicate. It lets you send actual text messages across uh, weak signal so you can actually communicate with other hands uh, instead of just sending a signal report in your grid. Uh, well, so that's, so the truth. that's what I love about it. Um, I'm, you know, I tried FTA. And, I mean, it was a little bit underwhelming. I mean, you know, yeah, it was cool that you could get such weak signals through, but you know, it, to me, ham radio is kind of more about the human contact too, and that's what that's what's missing from FTA. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I kind of started down this this path is I wanted that that weak signal property because I was making like a handful of Olivia QSOs, and Olivia is great. Olivia's got a, uh, a great protocol; uh, it can decode uh, way down in the noise. Um, the problem is nobody's using it. Everyone had jumped on FTA. Uh, and so it was very hard to actually make contacts. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just wanted to make something new for ham radio. Um, I had reached out to the WSJTX mailing list and asked them about it. That They had said, hey, there's some extra bits in the protocol. Um, what, what should we use those for? And I had this idea, why don't we use those as a continuation? Like have a bit inside of that protocol that says, hey, there's more stuff coming. You don't have to synchronize on the 15 seconds uh, back and forth. Um, there's more stuff coming. Just wait until I'm done sending, uh, and then uh, you can respond. 
Um, and that kind of trickled off into this, uh, you know, quick prototype that I put together based on the code, which was literally a month after FT8 was released. Um, and then from there kind of spiraled uh, into this uh, passion project. The thing that I like to say is that JSA calls all about weak signal communication. It's about uh, uh, connecting ham radio operators who are operating under weak signal conditions. That's, uh, well, that's everyone right now in, in this uh, 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 level of the uh, sunspot and solar cycle. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but most of the folks who are operating JSA, uh, they have, um, you know, they're uh, compromised antenna systems or they're running low power or uh, whatever the scenario is, they're operating under weak signal uh, conditions. And JSA allows uh, you to actually make connections. So, so are you doing this all by yourself? Uh, so I am programming it all by myself. Um, I have a small uh, group of operators who uh, inspired me, kind of kept me going. Um, they're basically my beta testers. Uh, I opened up a, a group, uh, a groups IO group, uh, to have folks come in and beta test as I was developing it. So I started that back in um, it's August. It was around, I guess, early July of 2018. Uh, I released, it was called FT8 call at that time. Right. Uh, because it was built on FT8. And I released it to a couple of developers, uh, my, my group. Um, I had some, invited some other people onto it. Um, I put up a page so people can join. And then right around August, I think it was August 12th, uh, one of those uh, folks who were in the group leaked it on, on QRC. <laughs> uh, and uh, I went from 500 testers to 3,000 testers uh, in just a few weeks. And it kind of created this really cool environment where I was releasing new features every two weeks. The testers were testing it, giving their suggestions, figuring out what was working, what wasn't working. We added features, we removed features, all the way until um, April 1st, uh, so just uh, 12 days ago, uh, where uh, we hit the 1.0 general release, public release. Um, so it was a little bit of a, a bit of a development cycle, but we had a lot of fun along the way. So you, you must have a software development background. Yeah, that's right. I, I definitely a software engineer by trade. Uh, I run a, a team uh, of software engineers for a company called Zapier, uh, a great uh, software company that helps uh, connect and do some remote automation stuff for uh, software as a service uh, mm -hmm. on the internet. And uh, yeah, so the ham radio stuff's always piqued my interest and having had a license, I was like, hey, let's, let's put these two passions together. Well, that, that's very cool. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've listened to our pre, one of our previous episodes, but we had, a, we had an episode we called, Is FT8 Killing Ham Radio? Yeah, and, that's right. And, and, uh, and one, of the, one of the things we said was, well, no. Um, and, and I think this was even before I got on JS8 call. Um, I said, we said, no, I mean, this is just like the first step. And, and that, that's why I, I like JSA call so much because it's like, okay, it's the next step, right? It's like, okay, so, you know, we got it working, but, but now we can actually use it to, to communicate with one another. And yeah, you know, the, the other thing I kind of liked about it, and I haven't really used these features yet, but you, you built in some features of, uh, I think it was called FSQ, you know, yes, that, where sure. you can relay messages and, I, I, I kind of like that idea, although I don't think that's being used all that much. Yeah, it's used a little bit. Uh, the, the cool thing that 
JSA core provides is it's a toolbox, right? You got a bunch of different tools that you can use to communicate. Most people are using it like they would use PSK or Livio or uh, another digital mode to do keyboard to keyboard QSO, like real time, you pick your frequency, uh, jump on there and have it have a chat with someone. Other people are using it for uh, some MCOM or uh, really uh, important in like races or Aries stuff. Um, and they're testing that out for emergency communi communications. Uh, some other folks are using it for the kind of network protocol that's layered on top of it. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, uh, there's this feature called Heartbeat, which announces your station on an interval. And it basically, when you hear a heartbeat, uh, the stations that are also in the Heartbeat network will respond with a signal report uh, automatically, just so you know who can hear you. Uh, you can then strike up a conversation or you can use those stations who can hear you as either relay points or message storage systems. Um, and that's the kind of the, the extension on top of that. It's both real-time messaging, but also like store and forward messaging. Yep. You can take a message and store it at a intermediate station for another station to pick up, or you can store a, uh, a message at your station for another station that can automatically be delivered uh, without you being at the, uh, at the control point. Right. Um, so it, that's all, uh, uh, you know, within the rules of uh, at least the, uh, the FCC here in the United States uh, and most jurisdictions uh, outside of the United States, um, because all of that is directly queried by uh, stations who um, are, can hear you, basically. Right, right. Yeah, you know, when, when this FSQ thing first came out, I, th I thought, man, this is kind of cool. Like, if I could get my local club to do this, we could, we could all set up with doing this and we could all sort of have this network, you know, and pass messages back and forth. But I never got, I never got anybody else interested in it. I, yeah. I even, I even um, uh, built up some of the little interfaces with the uh, with push to, uh, not to push the talk, but the VOX circuit and all that. But I never got anybody else interested in it. I was kind of disappointed. And I, that's why I was kind of excited to see that you've got this in JSA call. Yeah, so FSQ is great. That's kind of was the tipping point for some of the stuff, um, which was called FT8 call at that time. Um, the uh, uh, we had a couple of operators in the group, um, John NCOJDS and uh, Julian OH8STN. Uh, were we were did a uh, an FSQ kind of like a uh, field day almost. Uh, it was like a winter field day experiment with FSQ. And it was difficult. Uh, FSQ was pretty good, but there were many conditions that it didn't work that great. Uh, messages being half, half uh, transmitted or uh, you know, some issues with propagation at the time. Yeah. And we were like, ah, oh, man, the stuff that we're experimenting with, with FTA, we could really build a system that allowed you to to communicate down there in that noise. And that's what really pushed me over to actually take my prototype and actually start working on it. Uh, yeah. a that's different. a ham radio mashup. I mean, that's what yeah. it is, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we had to change the name though. It was FD8 call for a while uh, during development. And uh, uh, Joe Taylor and, uh, and Steve Frank um, didn't, uh, didn't really appreciate the connection to FT8 uh, because they didn't build it. Totally fine. So we changed the name to JSA, uh, JS being my initials. Uh, 
and they were fine with that. So it was a it was a good uh, a good um, a fun series of emails back and forth, and uh, a good uh, um, what was I saying uh, a, a collaboration, I guess uh, you'd yeah. say. So maybe we'll uh, we can do some more of that in the future. So I, I think one of the challenges um, for the mode right now is just getting more users. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there are quite a few users on there now. Um, we have, well, so we ended the development with 10,000 beta testers in the yeah. group. Not all of them had downloaded the program, of course. Uh, they were really just interested in seeing the development and participating in the, uh, in the communication in, in the group and stuff like that. But right now, uh, I, I have uh, some stats. There's about 1,000 unique call signs on the air using it, which for being live public release for 12 days, I think is pretty good. Uh, it's hard to get new folks on a mode, and 1,000 of them is, is, is a pretty good size. Um, the problem is that they're not all at the, on at the same time. Right, so, exactly. Uh, and they're I mean, all listen, I've, I've gotten on 30 meters. 30 meters is my favorite band. I've gotten on 30 meters occasionally with it. And I don't even think I have one contact yet yeah, on 30 yeah. meters with it. So, <laughs> Me either. Uh, the, the big thing is most folks are operating on 40 meters. Uh, that's where most of the propagation lies. That's where most of the folks are hanging out. And uh, based on Metcalf's law, that's where you're going to have uh, the activity. Uh, basically, you're following that crowd uh, and the network that's being created. So the, the big thing that I'm trying to do is getting more folks on the mode, but then also more folks trying out other bands. Uh, so folks who are really interested in 30 meters can hop on and have a QSO. Uh, they don't have to rig, rig up a 40 meter antenna uh, to right. just to, just to play with the mode, um, but so it's growing pretty rapidly. Um, not as rapidly uh, as uh, FT8 did, which is okay. Uh, I don't have, I don't expect it to. Uh, it is a uh, kind of a niche software where you're actually communicating with someone. And hey, if you want a, a lot of QSOs fast, uh, it's hard to. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not the mode for me. That, right, yeah, it's not the yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that's one thing that, that, that kills me sometimes. You know, you see these Reddit posts where these guys say, yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, but I don't know. It just, it, yeah. it, it's a disconnect <laughs> in my head there. Yeah, for sure. I started, when I started uh, joining uh, the internet uh, uh, in, the, in the 90s, it was all about chat, right? It was all yeah. about joining into a chat room and communicating, talking with people. Um, and it, it, I, I'm feeling that right now, that same kind of nostalgia for that early like chat on the internet with this uh, software uh, over ham radio, which is really cool. Uh, to me, it's, it's a neat way to, um, to bring uh, new hams into communicating with each other because new hams often can't have a beam at 90 feet uh, they need a wire out their window to a tree, and with JSA, you can make a contact that way. Uh, and, and where other modes, you can't. Hey, just as an aside, um, you know, I, on my blog, I talk about everything related to ham radio. So do you, do you have any thoughts about this new technician class proposal? Do you think it's really going to get anybody else on the air? I think that it might. I think that it, it would at least uh, give the opportunity to uh, 
um, explore some of the HF stuff. Um, because right now we're at a solar low, we're, uh, 10 meters is where uh, the current mm -hmm. privileges are, uh, yeah. unless you want to learn CW. And trying to get uh, someone who is uh, coming up in the internet age to learn CW is difficult. Uh, so if we could make it easier for folks uh, to get on the air uh, on HF using either SSB or digital mode, uh, I think that we could probably entice some. I don't know if it's going to be this big revolution, but I do yeah. think that it would encourage more, uh, more. That's it, kind of, that's kind of my feeling on it too. Yeah. So uh, any, any other challenges you see for JS8 call? I think the big thing is, uh, you know, getting folks on the air and getting, getting, getting them using it and uh, kind of testing out new ways to use it. Uh, and I think I've got a, some interesting ideas for the future. Um, trying to do some, uh, more like um, uh, disruptive network uh, ideas, which is more of like a space internet type of stuff uh, mm -hmm. is basically allowing like packet forwarding through disconnected networks, which is basically what a, a ham radio network is. It's a disconnected yeah. network. Um, so some, some stuff like that, some reliability stuff with uh, selective automatic repeat queries. Uh, it should be pretty interesting. Um, the store and forward, I think is the, is the biggest uh, thing that's underused uh, in JSA. And I would love to see more folks using that and, and using that in a new way. The cool thing with JSA call, the software it has an API that anybody can extend the program with. Oh, so okay. if, you wanted to, if you wanted to build on top of it, if you wanted to connect your chess program with another person playing chess, transmitting over JSA, you could. You could write an integration with the API to transmit yep. the series of moves of your game or whatever external application it was uh, and use GSA as the, basically the network uh, for communicating. Uh, so, so let me ask you this, could, could you, you know, the, this chess is a good uh, example actually. Could I set it up so that somehow on my end, say I, I received the move, I, I make my own move, I tell somehow it to be sent my move to be sent by JSA call and, and just keep trying until I get a response from the receiver. Right. Exactly. See, so see, that would be the, that would be the cool thing that way. Then the other player logs into his computer says, Oh, here's, here's my, my move. And just then, you know, makes his move. Yeah, exactly. It, it goes back to playing, playing chess over CW. Uh, um, the, the problem with that is that, you had to be at the station at the, uh, right. at the to listen for for your move. Um, with JSA, you could use intermediate stations as a storage point for for that data. Uh, so at, you could also relay through other folks if you wanted to do uh, it live. Um, that's the other side of the SFSQ kind of stuff bringing into JSA call is the relay and allowing other stations to transmit your message for you. Uh, so say I'm out in the field. And I have a message I need to get to someone in Europe. And I only have a, a wire antenna that's uh, you know, wildly inefficient and I'm transmitting with five watts. Yeah. Uh, but I can hit my home station from there. And I can use my home station and my beam to forward my message to my station in Europe. And that's possible with JSA call. The, the relay function allows you to use intermediate stations, not just one, but a series of them to retransmit your message. 
So, so I guess I, to me, that's like the next step here, right? Is so, so somehow setting, you know, getting a group of operators together to configure their stations that way and be available for that type of operation. Yes, absolutely. We have, we've got a few of them on the air um, today in the United States. I know uh, there's also a, at least a receiving station on 30 meters, so you can at least yeah. be heard, Dan. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm heard. I mean, I look at PSP Reporter and they, yeah. they see me. I know I'm getting out, but... Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so having those stations on the air um, and being able uh, to basically level up these weaker stations um, is something that's really cool. Well, you know what you know what needs to be done is to have sort of write that up somehow, right? Yeah, and and, and I'll volunteer to do that. Oh, okay, great. That's uh, that sounds great. Um, yeah, the I I put out a call for help with documentation, and I haven't taken anybody up on that yet. I know Dan, you had mentioned uh, helping me out there. Um, that's something that is that the next steps for me is really making the program easier to use, but then also easier to learn. Um, yeah. Right now it's not, it's not incredibly difficult, but it does have a learning curve. It is a different mode uh, and a different UI uh, and user interface that most people have seen before. And, so, and then pointing people at the possibilities like we yeah, were talking absolutely. about here. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, like I say, to me, this is very cool. This is really the, like the next step in digital modes. And, uh, 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 you know, if, again, getting back to his FTA killing ham radio. Well, I, obviously not, because it's led to this. So it, it, having said all that, any thoughts about the future of digital modes in general? Yeah, I think we're going to see, I hope we're going to see uh, a proliferation of some new modes that have heavily uh, uh, redundant air correction. Um, because right now we're at the solar low, uh, cycle 25 is probably not going to be any better than this one. Yep. Uh, so it, it's more of the same. And if we want to keep folks on, on ham radio, digital, I think is where it's at. And if we're going to get people on digital, we need to be able to communicate with, uh, with each other, um, under these conditions. And. I think that things like JSA, FTA, uh, you know, some, some Olivia stuff, all of those things are great. Uh, and I, I hope the future is bright for bringing more stuff like that uh, to the scene. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you totally. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, if you're interested uh, in JSA Call, there's jsacall.com. Uh, that's where you can go and learn about the program. Uh, you can join the group if you'd like to be uh, in the know of all the stuff that's kind of being developed behind the scenes. You can also email me, kn4crd at gmail.com. Um, I'm happy to chat with anybody who's interested. Uh, I can help get started. And where can they download the program? Yeah, so jsacall.com has a download link. Uh, it's publicly available, uh, free to download. It's open source software, so if you're a programmer and you want to hack on it, you can. Uh, feel free. It's uh, licensed under the GPL, so everything is open. That whole that whole API business sounds uh, interesting. If you're you know into hacking stuff, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm playing around right now with uh, trying to do a little more like um, uh, uh, reliable message passing uh, mm -hmm. uh, with some larger checksumming and automatic uh, replies uh, and repeats. Um, and the API is letting me do that without having to go through the comp compilation cycle of the program right, uh, right. is pretty cool. So uh, that's what I'm playing with right now. I know some folks are playing with like integrating GPS 
uh, and getting uh, like automatic uh, spots to be sent when your grid changes and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. I think the yeah. possibilities are endless there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think, I think, uh, like I say, this is a next step, and uh, it's going to be, uh, going to be great. Uh, thanks, Dan. Wow. Appreciate it. Well, thank, thanks very much for coming on the show. Like I said, we're, this is a no-nonsense podcast. We did this in about a half an hour. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and, uh, uh, but the, I, I would encourage, just, just for my own personal view, I would encourage people to try it out. Because, you know, if you're an FT8 user now, uh, try it out. I mean, it's, it's not too much different than FT8, but it gives you a whole other dimension. And uh, uh, it, it, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's still kind of slow, so you don't have to talk a lot. <laughs> that's a great well, way to put it it's yeah. still you know he's got a uh, he's got a little uh, uh words per minute uh, counter on it now and you know you're down in the you know eight to twelve words per minute uh, category so so it still takes a while to 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 say uh, say something and uh so you're not gonna get in uh, have to get involved and in, get involved in a really deep conversation but it's still pretty cool <laughs> yeah definitely so try it out that's my that's my uh that's my advice to people I appreciate it, Dan. Definitely. The, uh, the worst per minute thing was, was a good ad. I think, um, it, uh, uh, you can, you can transmit faster if you put more spaces and create more words in your, in your sentence. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Say that again. I didn't get that. You can transmit faster. I'm saying this is a vanity metric. You can transmit faster by just putting more words. So put spaces between things. Uh, because if you send four words, it's based on spaces. There, there are more words in there. Oh, um, I see what you're if you put more spaces in there, you send more words uh, yeah. than anything else. Uh, so, so, so you're fun. not using the five characters per minute, word per minute thing, right? Is that right. what I was saying? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, just yeah. use short words then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the compression that, that that's built in there, it uses a dictionary compression that has like 250,000 words in it. Oh. Uh, that's built into the program. So it can, it can compress and send it pretty quickly. So if you choose the right words, you can. Ah, yeah, that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, that'll, that'll, that'll be like what we'll have to do next or somebody will have to come up with a, you know, use these words to do it faster. You know, send yeah, fast. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I didn't know that's how it worked. That's an interesting little bit to know. Yeah, definitely. You've been listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast. To listen to previous episodes, visit our website, nonsenseamateurradio.com. For information on amateur radio in general, please visit my website, kb6nu.com. 7-3 from Dan, KB6NU.